Today's Issues continues on AFR with your host, Tim Wildman, president of the American Family Association. Hey, good morning and welcome back, everybody, to the program Today's Issues on American Family Radio. We'll be here for the next 25 minutes. I'm Tim Wildman with Ed Battagliano. And Steve Jordahl is now in studio. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, everybody. If you want to watch us on the Internet, go to Facebook or YouTube and type in Today's Issues. And we're live video streaming the show from our studios uh, here at American Family Radio in Tupelo, Mississippi. It's where our national headquarters are. Um, now, real quickly, I wanted to say that our spiritual heritage tours coming up in June and September are over halfway full. So if you want to join us, if you're tired of sitting at home, hiding under your bed with two masks on, I thought that was going to be funny, but it bombed. Um, it, then you can feel free. Ed's not even paying attention to what I'm saying. <laughs> Ed's reading the internet. I'm glad I interest you, Ed. Uh, so, well, hey, invite me to come along I got on more. your tour, right, okay. and then I'll be interested. Uh, just to yes, finish. change the subject. Yes. All right, so June and September, we go to uh, Colonial Williamsburg, Jamestown, and Yorktown, and then we go to Washington, D.C., and George Washington's Mount Vernon. Those are two separate trips. They take a week to do in its entirety, So, but you can do one or the other. Many, many of you listening have been on these tours with us, and it's a lot of fun. We eat good. We have fellowship. And uh, uh, almost everybody who comes with us are listeners of AFR. So for the dates, the uh, cost, the itinerary, and everything else you need to know, if you want to go with us, as I said, we're over halfway full, we're about two-thirds full, then uh, you can go to spiritualheritagetours.com, spiritualheritagetours.com. And read all about it. All right, Steve, what's happening? Well, um, let's talk uh, about what may be happening in the next couple steps over in Ukraine. Um, interestingly enough, and it may be perhaps one of the, uh, the worst uh, uh, intelligence blunders of all time. I don't know if this is true. Um, the the Belarusian president yesterday his name is lukashenko was standing up they televised or they taped a briefing with his military he was standing in front of a map a battle map which showed not only what has been done but what they are going to do including invading a small country next to ukraine called moldova and uh, may have spilled the beans <laughs> what's going on i uh, thought belarus i thought it was russia attacking well russia is belarus ukraine. is a satellite is yes. belarus is a russian um, ally. Let's right. just say that they're already on the Russian side. And, uh, and the, uh, by the way, I did know that that's a rhetorical question for the benefit of our listeners who but, are also smart people. And the rumors, they may have known it themselves, but I just felt the them, need to. Many of them did, but many ask. of them were very much helped by your help. Yes. Your, your question. Well, I'm here. Um, <laughs> but, uh, there's been some rumors that Belarus might be sending their own troops in to support Russia's efforts in Ukraine. Hasn't happened yet. They say it won't happen, but um, this could be a blunder. So uh, let me ask you what you think would happen if, if Russia decides to keep going or maybe Belarus decides to join Russia and they invade 
another country, Moldova. What would that do? Would that be the? Uh, are they in NATO? No, I, no, they're not in. I don't think they're in NATO. Moldova is between Ukraine and Romania. Yes, small. Just it's a, a small, small country, country there. Landlocked. So I, I, I don't think anything would happen. I mean, if if uh, NATO, for example, example, or the West is not going to fight get fight the Russians over Ukraine, they're not going to do it over Moldo, Moldova. It's just it's, just, it's now we're yeah. getting another country involved in this war. I, th- I think the assumption is going to be on the part of the West that whatever other, you know, ulterior motives Putin may have, he wants buffer zones between NATO and his own country. And so I don't think anybody's going to think that the Russians are then prepared to invade Romania. You know, this is become, I'm watching what's happening today, looking at the Fox News feed right now from the Ukraine. And, you know, the, the, the Russians continue to bombard uh, the, the cities there. I don't know if that's, I don't guess that's from the air. I'm, I'm assuming that's from the ground. They, they're not bombing from the air yet, are they? Uh, n- not, not yet. You know In what fact, I'm saying? There's, yeah, there's uh, some, I'm talking about fighter jets. That right. Kind of thing, I, I think there, there are some uh, military experts who expect that over the next two or three days, the Russian Air Force may get more involved but right now this i think is our team guys i I don't i don't know who who knows what will happen in the coming days or weeks if they can have some sort of a peace agreement of some kind but what 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 uh the russians are doing right now they're destroying with these bombs they're destroying the the towns and the cities and the buildings. Uh, I know buildings are secondary to human life, but it's just like, what is your point? Uh, in, unless you, you don't know. I, I, I guess the point is to terrorize, right? Which would be, which or give hopelessness, uh, a sense of hopelessness to the Ukrainian people so Break that the they're, world. so that they're willing to surrender and that's, say, that's if you will stop bombarding us, we will surrender. But that doesn't seem like it's going to happen anytime soon. So I just wonder where is this going to, where's the off ramp for Putin on this thing? Uh, I, I think what, again, I'm no we're, we're, just on speculating. we're just speculating. We are not uh, geopolitical uh, experts. And, I, and I'm certainly not in Putin's mind. I'm, but I'm saying, I assume he's still a rational human being. He wants this big country, fairly large country of Ukraine as a buffer between NATO and his own country, I think what he's doing right now is he's saying to President Zelensky of Ukraine and other government officials, "I can do this all day, and if you want to, if you want me to flatten Ukraine, I can do that. So you don't want that to happen. You capitulate. We'll talk. And what That's, if they? And what if they don't? Then I think he flattens Ukraine. Okay. That's what I think he. That's the message. Even said. if it means killing a lot of innocent people? I don't think Putin cares that much about it. He'll say, you should have surrendered. You knew what I, you, I've been telling you, what I, what I want. You're not doing it. You can be brave, President Zelensky, but the longer you stay, quote, unquote, brave, the more of your people die. I, I think that's perfectly within what Putin's, what Vladimir Putin thinks is reasonable. You're talking about reasonable with Vladimir Putin right now, and and this is a discussion we started yesterday, I think, um, and I don't know 
how accurate it is, but people are questioning his mental stability right now. So I don't know if reasonable is the issue. Let me ask you this. Tim, I asked you this last night. Um, every time they interview a member of parliament from Russia, uh, from Ukraine, and they're, they're all over the place trying to get FaceTime on American uh, outlets. And by the way, Ukraine with the president and their, and their parliament looks like they're run by a bunch of college kids. They all look really young to me, but maybe it's because I'm getting old. But um, they're all asking for two things. They're asking that you send, uh, continue sending arms and that you enforce a no-fly zone over Ukraine. They want the United States to do that. And, and I understand why. You're talking about, are the jets going to fly? There's very little that Ukraine can do if Russia's Air Force decides to start getting really involved in this. But the United States so far, and I think uh, rightly so, has said, no, we're not going to enforce any kind of a no-fly zone over Ukraine. Do you agree I don't, with that, Ed? I absolutely do not want a no-fly zone. You're talking about the start of a world war. If you have Western powers, I don't, I'm not sure the U.S. has enough assets over there to, to do that. The Russians are right behind Ukraine. They have full access to the air. I, I do not want a no-fly zone because we would be at war with Russia. They're a they're a legitimate top-tier power in the world, and I do not want to go to war with Russia unless they and, attack to, NATO. To, yes, that, I mean that's my opinion. That's not the that AFA. goes against your eyes and your human emotion, though. Yeah, it does. Am I right? Of course, I, I I don't want these people to suffer anymore. But I also don't want I don't want my son you have going to, over. But to, you have to look beyond that if you're uh, like President Biden, for example. Or you have you have to look you have to look at what are what are the national interests of the United States of America, not uh, not our what we can use our military for. In a humanitarian, yeah. Part, so let me that, ask. Let, let, let that me, sounds let, that sounds terrible, but well, the the Chinese are, as far as we know, trying to exterminate the Uyghur Muslims. I don't. That's that's horrifying. Uh, you know, we saw those pictures. We just don't have video of that much. Yeah. yeah well, we do yeah. have pictures of them all in jumpsuits, yeah. and they're being carted off to who knows where. I mean, uh, organizations that cover this say this is a humanitarian disaster and human rights violations. So why don't we go to war with China? See what I'm saying? Why don't we Why don't we go to war with North Korea because uh, Kim Jong Un is punishing? I see your his point. People. Point well taken. We we, we can't go to war. It's with just all that these. this war. This it's in their own. I'm sorry. It's in their own country. Is, is there? I agree with you for what it's worth. Oh, you mean the Uyghurs? Yes, I mean, in, in, they're the inside China. You mean the difference between us providing cover for Ukrainian airspace? No, and I agree with you. No, what I'm saying is, if your if your trigger for military uh, for uh, for war is we can't let these people suffer any longer in Ukraine, then why stop there? Oh, yes, that's what I'm saying. I get that, but yeah, and I agree with you. I don't think it should happen. I just think that it's well, hard. The, 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 yeah. Uh, here's the uh, real ground uh, elementary look at this is and the reasons why I would even ask this question. And I agree with your response, Ed. And I think that's why Biden and, and no, uh, nobody I've heard in the United States has advocated for uh, that's in leadership. Right. Not many in the media have advocated for U.S. military intervention into this uh, war between Ukraine and Russia, and that includes uh, 
uh, trying to implement a no-fly zone because yeah. I, cause you do that, that means you are engaged because you're using U.S. military assets to shoot down Russian planes right. uh, if you could. It's a shooting war at that yeah, point. Yeah, so yeah. that's uh, you might as well then go full board, right? Right. Now, uh, but I think the reason this is more difficult is than, say, the Uyghur situation in China and other places is because it's live on our televisions and the Internet uh, is 24-7 and you're seeing these poor people suffer in real time and you're going, somebody do something. Right. You know what I'm saying? And the, and you're thinking to yourself, at least I was the other day, I told Allison, I said, you know, just be glad I'm not president because we're going in. <laughs> huh? I'm sending the Marines and the we're going to yeah. – we're going to protect these people from from having their country destroyed. But but I, I that was just a visceral uh, emotional reaction, and I think that's what a lot of people are having. Right. So you have to step back and look at it on a more long a long term view, or like you're talking about, what are the if you do this, then what then then what happens here, then what happens there, and then what happens there, and then we do we find ourselves in a world war. Right. With uh, countries that have nuclear weapons, by yes. the way. Um, so, but uh, but we, we uh, I guess the West, are supporting the Ukrainian uh, people uh, by supplies, humanitarian aid. Weapons. And God weapons. bless, God bless yeah. Poland uh, and, and some of the other countries. But Poland is, they've taken in. Some say seven hundred fifty thousand people. Yeah, that have come. Can you imagine uh, that kind of those kinds of numbers coming over? Where do you put folks? Uh, how do you house them, feed them? You know what I'm saying? Where do they go for an extended period of time? Are they going to be permanent refugees? I mean, that's just. Uh, I'm sure America and other countries will help with that situation. But um, they're they're only thirty. The the current population of Poland is about 38 million. So you talk about taking in 750,000. That's a lot of people. That's so a, far. Yes. If they, if they, if Russia continues to degrade the uh, living conditions uh, for the Ukrainians by the bombardments we talked about earlier to break their morale and will to fight, then then you're going to see several million people, probably. Reuters is saying an invasion could drive 5 million Ukrainians abroad. You mean it ultimately could? Yes. You're saying? That's a lot of people to absorb. And see, our country's 330 million people. Right. And we have communities on the border overwhelmed right. by the illegal immigration on our southern right. border. What's going to happen to a, a country like Poland? That's only 38 million total. By the way, uh, related to that story I was reading the other day, uh, we've had uh, the border situation for us here with Mexico. You know, Biden's let 2 million people come in to our country since he became president illegally. I, I don't even know if you can use that word any longer because Biden has basically made it legal. For you people just to walk into our country, we don't know who. They, well, we we do. We give them airfare and bus tickets to go wherever they want to go right. here in the U.S. Basically, how this works. But I was reading how they were, they they had uh, arrested. Maybe not arrested is not the right word. Detained. Um, 
like 1,500, 2,000 Russians in the last year that have come over our border and uh, like 700 uh, the, and, and also similar number of Ukrainians. Yeah. So uh, that will increase too because the our southern border, because Biden has just opened it up, uh, in the stop in the in the name of stopping racism, uh, he's opened our border up to anybody. And, and we know we've heard about these people being flown around America and dropped right. off in cities and towns. But what's happened is uh, the border the com- coming over the border for people has now become a cottage industry, and People are coming from around the world. You saw the Haitians came. Right. What was that, last fall when all those Haitians came over? I think that was right. Some of them were sent back to Haiti, but a lot of them were allowed to stay. And what's happening is uh, people are claiming, you know, what do you, uh, asylum. asylum from all over the world, and uh, Biden's just letting them come in. They're never going to go back for court hearings or right. anything like that. So I don't know if that matters to people or not to the to Democrat voters. How many people we allow in? Our borders even matter anymore? Right. Uh, quite frankly, I've I've said, uh, I guess I mean this halfway facetiously, but if we're going to just open up our southern border to y'all come from around the world, and we'll help we'll help facilitate your stay here by giving you airfare and bus tickets and. Subway coupons. Sub, subway coupons, sort of a welcome wagon, you know, bag. Uh, yeah. That uh, if, if that's going to be the case, why don't we even bother with uh, checking people's passports at JFK or Atlanta, right. or Atlanta Airport? Why not? Or LAX? Why don't we just say, if you want to come here, come on in. Yeah. You know, we want to be welcoming. We don't want to be. Unchristian. Unchristian or undiscriminatory or racist. Yeah. I mean, I'm just asking the question. Right. If you can, if if two million people can come on over to our border and we don't know who they are, where they're going, and why they're, or, or, or what's going to happen, and I guess our social services are supposed to support them, right? Because yeah. we don't want people to starve. Starve. So I guess uh, I, I I don't know the point in stopping people from coming here on airplanes. Right. For example. Uh, you're listening to, as I say, that's halfway facetious, but still at the same time, you're making a broader point yeah. here. Yeah. That, which then, then why, why des- stop that, people at all? That argument does deserve an answer, but you're never going to hear anybody right. in the mainstream media ask it of Biden. Right. Or they don't even get asked about the border anymore. Right. And Mayorkas, the uh, health, uh, Homeland security guy, he didn't know what to do. You've heard his, he's, yeah. he, he just walks around in a fog <laughs> all the time. And, um, so all we can do, all Biden could do is if you have a border patrol agent on horseback and, uh, it, it, it appears that he's whipping somebody when he's not remember that, yep. then you make that the big deal. That's the big, not too many people coming here illegally. And I'm sitting right. all over the country is a, a border patrol agent on horseback may have whipped somebody. <laughs> so we're going to start in Remember, yep. we're going we're gonna to have an investigation. Well, that guess what? Then that, that investigation Never materialized. President Biden <laughs> criticized yeah. the uh, border uh, patrol agents on horseback 
assuming that they had been whipping and they weren't and they weren't they weren't and he said we're going to have an investigation get answers that's right well the investigation didn't get answers because there was no whipping right that's the reason he didn't bring it up any again again anymore again that was just part of the biden trying to use the race uh you know border patrol agent uh on horseback white uh haitian black therefore we're going to investigate it because it's racist what what he's doing down there so, but, but I, I don't know if Democrat, I don't want to spend any more time on this, but I, except that I don't know if it matters to people who vote for Democrats, how many people come here illegally. Do, does that even matter to them? I, I don't know. Or if it does, it's down the list. They're voting for Joe Biden because of his economic policies, because of climate change, gotcha. because he's pro abortion and if he wants to open the border yeah maybe i'm not crazy about it but i'm sure not voting for trump gotcha, i think gotcha. that's what they said go steve uh we had elections yesterday in uh, texas primary elections uh interesting results now this will not tell us anything about uh blue or red texas as november uh, approaches but it does set up the november elections on the democrat side for the governor's race beto o'rourke Basically, right. Bless his heart. He just keeps trying, doesn't he? Well, <laughs> he's going to win something one day. He won the primaries, um, and it wasn't even close. Peter O'Rourke got 91% of the Democrat vote to become the. He's got a lot of name recognition. Yes. That's why I think he. To become the got Democrat the nominee. nominee for or candidate for governor of Texas. Republican, the Republican side, Greg Abbott, who's the current governor there, uh, is uh, won his primary, beating, by the way, fourth place, a fifth place. Rick Perry, former governor Rick Perry, came in only got three percent of the vote. He ran again. He ran again. He was in the governor? he was in the primary. And oh, that's a, are you sure about that? I'm looking. It says Rick. Help. Is it if it's not if it's not the same Rick Perry? Maybe it's Rick. Well, go ahead with your well, story. I'll look that right. up. Um, I think it's Rick Springfield. <laughs> maybe it's a different Rick Perry. But um, um, for Attorney General, uh, so you had to get 50% plus one vote in order to move on, or else there's a, a runoff election. And there is a runoff election for Attorney General on the Republican side. Ken Paxton got 42% of the vote. Second was George P. Bush with 22% of it's the vote. It's a different guy. Is it a different guy? It's a different Rick Perry. Then forgive me. Not no. nearly as popular either. Evidently not. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that's what's that's how uh, November setting up in Texas. Yeah, well, Abbott and then uh, Beto. Governor Abbott and Beto A.G. Paxton are very popular. Yeah, I expect them to win in November. Yeah, so Beto, <laughs> like uh, who's uh, the gal in, in Georgia that lost the governor's race there? Um, but, but the AOC endorsement has not fully impacted the race in texas yet uh with the with i don't believe Beto o'rourke yeah. so you know you you can't discount uh aoc's impact in lubbock and what's what now i just you're talking about uh, ladies and gentlemen Abrams, my, right? my colleagues here when i start to talk sometimes they don't even listen well i was just looking up the don't even listen stacy so I, I, I hope i don't i hope i don't bore our listeners <laughs> Like I, bore, like I bore Steve I, and Ed. I start not, talking, I'm they start looking bored. at their computer I was, screens. I was looking up. I couldn't remember Stacey Abrams' name. I'm sorry. Somebody well, asked I, the when question. I use a little what humor, and then y'all are looking at your computer screens. You're supposed to be chuckling a little bit, and it's like there's no sound effect. Ah, thank ah, you. Ah. Thank you, Count Count. <laughs> uh, so, 
we we are at the end of this program. Some people are mercifully, thinking, and I'm listening mercifully. to you, Tim. We are at the end of this program, sir. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us on today's issues. Uh, Ed, Tim, and Steve, along with Fred. Yes, I'm talking third person. We'll all be back tomorrow. See you then. <laughs>